Welcome back to America's leading higher education podcast network, the EdUp Experience, where we make education your business. This is EdUp EdTech, dedicated to interviewing leaders at the front end of technology and innovation in education, hosted by the amazing, the outstanding, the incredible Holly Owens. Now let's get to it and hear from your host, Holly Owens. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another fantastic episode of EdUp EdTech. My name is Holly Owens, and I'm your host, and I'm really excited about the guests that we have today. We have Catherine Grill. She is the CEO and co-founder of Neoth, and it's a mental health app, and it's technology, and I'm just so excited to get into all the details about that. But first, Catherine, welcome to the show. Holly, thanks so much for having me. Really excited to be here. I can't wait to learn more about Neos and you to tell us about your journey and all the wonderful things that you're doing in this space. But first, talk about how did you get here? You know, tell us a little bit about your background and how'd you journey, you know, how did you step into ed tech? Yeah, absolutely. It was maybe a bit of an untraditional journey, but that's what makes it fun. Um, You know, I I started out kind of, I think, being surrounded by mental health. Uh, Growing up, had family members with serious mental illness, saw what it was like when you couldn't afford access to care and how devastating that could be. I got into high school, which is a really hard time for a lot of folks, and started to see What was it like when the schools weren't offering any mental health support? Knew a lot of people in my circles who, um, you know, fell into drug use and some who really passed away early and just felt like there's a big problem here. We need to address this. So I ended up actually getting my my first degree, uh, my bachelor's and my master's studying psychology, had worked clinically for a while, and then I went back and did my PhD. I was really interested in how we could create new health programs with this kind of focus on prevention and how we could make things more accessible. So I'd spent some time working at the pediatric hospital, it's Children's National in DC, absolutely loved working in behavioral health with teens and young adults. But a couple years ago, you know, I made the jump, moved out to California, I live in Silicon Valley, and really just wanted to explore how could we use technology to make care more accessible for these teens and young adults? And how could we introduce this into the schools as part of the curriculum to have a more preventative focus uh, as we're approaching mental health? I'm so glad that somebody's thinking about this because it should definitely be a part of the curriculum after everything that we've been through in the COVID-19 pandemic and now no mass mask coming to school, not going to school in person, virtual. Uh, I really think that the educators can benefit from this. Obviously the learners can benefit from this. So I'm so excited to get into the details about it. Um, But before we do that, I want to know, you know, has anyone helped you along this journey or do you have a favorite educational quote you want to share? So any shout outs for people and then education quotes, what's your favorite? Uh, Yeah. I mean, education quotes, there's, I don't have the exact quote, 
But there was one thing that always stuck with me when I was first starting this business. I, I was writing a book about people who had been successful in business. Um, and one of them was actually Carnegie, right? Andrew Carnegie. And it, he had a really interesting oh, wow. philosophy <laughs> where I know you're right. You're like, that's like a throwback. But, you know, it was people had interviewed him even back then and asked him, you know, how have you been successful in business? And he gave this advice that I really stuck with me was surround yourself with people who are smarter than you. Always make sure you're the least smart Absolutely. person in the room. Um, and I love that because I think sometimes we're afraid, you know, we want to come into the room, especially as, you know, the CEO of a company and you want to be, you know, the smartest person in there knowing everything. And then I'm like, you know, hold on a second. Like, what if I can pick team members who know way more than I do are really experts in this space and who really have that kind of complementary skill set. Not only do we have a stronger team, we're better able to help the kids, um, but it just kind of feeds into this philosophy that I personally have of lifelong learning. Yeah, that's great. I love that. And surround definitely encourage you to surround yourself with people who are smarter than you or do things differently in different mm -hmm. ways that you do. Cause I learned so much when I'm on a team with people uh, that have different, you know, journeys into the space and have different philosophical ways of looking at education. And, you know, my way is not always the best way. And there are other ways to do things. And speaking of that, I want to know, how would you personally define ed tech being as you're in the space or in the mental health space with, with technology? How would you define it? I was thinking about this. It's such a tricky question because honestly, so many people don't even know how to define us and what we do. I think yeah. a lot of people, um, and one of the ways I think about ed tech is that we're working with the schools, we're selling into the schools, which I think is a very kind of watered down basic definition, but I think that can be helpful. Um, one way that I've actually heard our company describe, which I think is interesting, is called EdTech Plus. Uh, which is really this intersection of ed tech and other areas of technology. So with NEOs being ed tech and health tech, I think in health tech, we've seen a lot of traditions around, um, you know, B2C models or really working within the hospital systems. And while I think that's, that's very much needed, sometimes they're more reactive models of care, waiting until the patient comes sick and goes into the healthcare setting. But what I love about NEOs in this kind of ed tech plus category that's emerging is it's much more preventative. It's integrating into the curriculum. It's going into the schools where the kids are every day and making sure that they have these mental health resources before a crisis occurs. So um, I think, yeah, part of it is, is really working with the schools, but I do think the definition of what is and isn't ed tech is evolving on a pretty rapid basis. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think that you could really, if you've listened to the episodes, previous episodes, everybody has a different definition of it. You know, it's technology that's used in the classroom or it's technology that's on the peripheral. But when you're talking about it, this is like, it's something that's impacting learners. It's, it's really, it's really something that is, it's your own experience and your own definition. I like to ask that question. And, and a lot of people do say like, that's a tough question to answer because it encompasses so many different realms in education. So I appreciate the fact that you're like, yeah, that's, that's difficult to answer, but this is how it, how it fits into my life. So let's get into it. Let's talk about Neoth. What is Neoth? Tell, tell the listeners that nobody has ever heard of it before, what products and services you offer and how this helps institutions and organizations in education. Absolutely. 
So the easiest kind of one sentence way <laughs> to describe what we do is that we're a self-guided mental health app uh, working with people ages at 11 plus, typically students. So self-guided meaning it's not telehealth. Some people are, you know, kind of wonder what the difference is. Telehealth is being really kind of going on to the computer or the app, having a, you know, Zoom session with your doctor or therapist. I think those are great. There's a need for that. But we're a completely self-guided intervention. Um, so the way that it works, there are a couple different key features on NEOS really built up to be a comprehensive, uh, what's called tier one support within the schools. So we do things like assessment and tracking. All of those good data analytics to check in, how are your students doing? How are things changing over time, both on an aggregate kind of student body and individualized level? We also have a lot of content, so you can think of your relaxation content, building coping skills, SEL learning, mental health education, all of that good stuff. The kids are able to get into the app, watch videos, listen to practices, and do them throughout the month, um, either at home or you know, within the classroom. And then really importantly, we also have a crisis monitoring system. So we don't believe in, um, there's a term out there in education we've seen the schools using called kind of Band-Aid SEL, uh, which might just be coming into the classroom and doing some mindfulness, but it can kind of separate the different tiers of care, right? Your preventative care versus how do you escalate a student to that clinical care when there's something more serious going on. So we really believe in having that seamless care escalation. And we also have a crisis monitoring component. So the ability to see what the students are doing on the platform, if they're struggling, if they're depressed, if there's any indication of self-harm, are really able to make a real-time referral, whether it goes back to the school counselor, um, you know, crisis hotline, wherever that school wants us to go. So it's this combination of this care escalation all of these great educational resources, coping skills, and the data analytics component as well. Yeah, that's, oh my gosh, this sounds like a great technology tool. And um, I'll share a personal story because I have a younger sister who's 12. And as you know, adolescents, right as they approach that age, they have a tendency not to talk about their issues or you know something's wrong with them and they don't want to talk about it. And unfortunately, my stepfather, her dad passed away last summer unexpectedly. So I know she's going through a lot. So I feel like this tool is really like while we have a handle on like the guidance and support at the at the at her school, like this is something that's so needed for all that they're going through and trying to process as they learn and grow. And I love that it's self-guided because it puts it puts this like the learner, the student at the center of things. And I think that's what they need. They don't necessarily, like you're saying, always need an intervention. They don't always want to go talk to a counselor or being forced to do those sorts of things. So I really think you're offering something wonderful to the students and, you know, they're humans just like us, <laughs> believe it or not, adolescents are humans. Um, they, they're processing different emotions or, you know, different things are happening. And I think that this is just wonderful that this exists and that you can offer this as part of like the curriculum or to, you know, the schools to, for their students to join. It's great. Thank you. Yeah. First off, so sorry to hear that your, your family is going through that. I think this past, this past couple of years have been, been so tough. Um, and it really does what you mentioned, you know, speak to the importance of having this comprehensive system, because on one side, you do want the mindfulness and the breathing activities and coping skills, because 
life can be tough, we get overwhelmed, and we need to have those tools for when we're feeling overwhelmed, let's take a mindful moment. But at the same time, there's stuff on a deeper level that you know these people are going through. Uh, just, just being a young person is tough. On top of that, the pandemic, all of this grief and loss. So being able to jump into our app, we actually have a community section as well. Um, where you know young people like your sister could anonymously ask questions we actually will bring on a doctor to do a live stream for the kids answering their questions which is kind of a great way for them to get some questions asked without feeling like you know they need to approach somebody and they're really embarrassed um, we even have a student story section which is fantastic where young people come on and they vlog about their personal experiences so it really helps break down some of that stigma and encourage young people to talk to their parents, their siblings, their teachers about what they're struggling with. Uh, but we've had a lot of young people in that section actually come on and talk about grief. Uh, one young woman is an undergraduate student, lost their partner to suicide during the pandemic and actually talked about that journey and it, what that was like for her as far as the healing process. So it's, not, I think, unusual to be able to hear someone else sharing their story in that type of detail, but just to know that someone else is going through something similar and that they were able to get through it and that's how they got help can be so powerful, especially for these young people. Yeah. And I think grief is just a, such a personal journey and it's different for everybody, but the, on the other side of that, like you're saying, people have been through similar experiences and you can reach out to other people and you realize when you actually open up a bit more that you were more connected as humans and have more similarities than we do differences in terms of experiences. So I think that, you know, having this sort of um, self-guided support, but also encouraging other people to reach out, you know, talk to whoever is important. What are, what are some of the, I'm just curious because you, you know, you've obviously deployed this in some institutions. What are the, some of the feedback you're getting maybe from like the teachers and the educators, um, you know, and the school systems, what are they saying about the product? Yeah, absolutely. You know, when I think about it, um, you know, and I used to work as a, uh, inpatient care and I think about, you know, how this could help me and then some of the, the feedback that we're getting from clinicians. And I should say, we actually worked with K-12 and higher ed schools, as well as 300 students to build up this application. So really tried to understand nice. what are the students needs, right? Like you need to do that. Yeah. Um, time saving. If you think about counselors, whether it's K-12 or higher ed, so, so overwhelmed, so burnt out, especially because of COVID, that counselor to student ratio is just not always where it needs to be. So saving them time by automating different um, processes is a really big, I think, kind of ROI that we provide. So remote patient monitoring, you know, what's going on with their students in between appointments, even the data analytics for the aggregate on the student body. We still have counselors going around with, you know, pencil and paper trying to take surveys. We do that all for them. They don't have to lift a finger. They get that information sent to them. Um, you know, if there's something going on where a student is struggling, we can do that real-time crisis alert. There's no way I could monitor as a clinician 20 students, much less a thousand. Some you know counselors yeah. have that workload on a 24/7 basis, but an AI system can do that. So now you know, if I'm a counselor and I'm going on the weekend or Christmas break and I'm really nervous about my students. I know that there's this 24 seven safety net that will be monitoring them. And then that can make that real time referral to a crisis counselor, uh, even when I'm out of the office. So it really helps them, I think, manage some of the stress and anxiety and know that their students are getting that care escalation and referral if needed. 
And we also hear from teachers because of a lot of these Department of Education mandates, mental health is becoming part of the curriculum, which is fantastic, by the way. Um, they don't really know where to start because they're not trained in mental health. They're trying to make their own YouTube recordings or meditation recordings. And on top of everything else that they're doing as teachers, well, you know, no stress. Our doctors, our therapists have made that content for you, have made the portal for you, and you can just go in, assign activities to students, track their completion rates. So really being able to save them that time and just automate a lot of the workload for whether it's the counselors or the teachers, uh, that's a lot of the feedback that we're getting. I think that's great. And anytime a technology can automate things that are in a realm that can be automated with that with that expectation is great and good. And oh my gosh, I can't imagine some of the workloads that some of these counselors are dealing with since, you know, the onset of COVID-19 and being in and out of school and what they have to do. So this could really help them, you know, kind of streamline some things with, with their learners. And I think it's great that like this, this sort of technology is something I love because it can be applicable anywhere in, uh, in any realm of education. So that's awesome. All right. So you've talked about some pretty amazing things about Neof. Now I want to know from you, you know, as you've been going through the COVID-19 pandemic and you've had this technology out there, what's coming up on the roadmap? Um, you know, what are you going to be doing to help end users more, help counselors more, the, the school systems more? So tell us, you know, without violating any in, <laughs> the NDA agreements, what's coming up on the roadmap? Yeah, those NDAs are always important. They're tricky. They're tricky. For them. <laughs> um, well, I mentioned this earlier. I think one of the best practices that you could do, we did this as you know clinicians when we were working in the hospital and I brought this over into NEOS um, as we were building this digital technology was bring the stakeholders in, bring the counselors, bring you know the principals, deans of students, and importantly, bring the students into the conversation. We have about 300 students who have come through the uh, company and worked with us. We host regular design sessions with them. We have a student advisory council and student ambassador program. So every little thing we've done from colors, health literacy, language features, we always run that through them. Um, as far as you know, new features and what's coming up, we're feeling really great about the app. We've actually done a lot of clinical research over the past year. We've seen decreases in stress, depression, anxiety, stigma as well. Um, so the app itself and the features we're feeling pretty good about, but we're always wanting to add more content. And we actually do that through that community section I mentioned where students are coming on, they're sharing their personal stories. Doctors, therapists, other education professionals are coming on sharing kind of mental health, um, educational topics. So that's an area where we're focused is adding more content. We do that on a regular basis, almost like a YouTube channel where we have these different content creators. Um, but for us, I think now it's really a lot about growth. For us, the impact is how many students can we reach? How many lives can we impact? And um, where can we help these students? So. We've just launched a couple fantastic partnerships. One of them is with the University of Miami, actually working with their Miller School of Medicine down there, uh, working to implement That's this. Awesome. Program. I'm writing that down because it's going in the show notes. 
Oh yeah, fantastic. I can send you some information later. Yes. But, um, Dr. Seishas down there is fantastic, a digital health expert, really working to implement this throughout actually some of the K-12 schools in South Florida. Um, similar in Iowa, working with the University of Iowa, uh, their partnered with the Department of Education. They have a school-based center for mental health uh, where they're working to you know, implement different digital programs. Neilk is one of them throughout K-12 schools in Iowa. So I think it's been fantastic to be able to go to different areas, different states to get these university partners who are really experts in student mental health, who have this Department of Education funding and can help us with the distribution network in certain states. So yeah, for us, I think the next year is, is all gonna be uh, about growth and how many more students can we reach? How many more students can we help? Yes, oh gosh, I can't wait. And I, one of the reasons I love doing this podcast is because I get introduced to technologies like this, and then I can share it with my network and tell people all about it and that they need to implement it. Like I said, we're going to put all this information in the show notes so that you know where to go to find information about Neoth. All right. So we've, we've had a lot of fun. We're coming up on the end of the episode. It goes by pretty fast when we start talking and I have two final questions for you, Catherine. One, what did we miss? Is there anything else you'd like to share? Those are kind of combined into one. And I want to know, I want you to look into the crystal ball of ed tech and I want you to tell me what the future looks like. So tell us, did we miss anything, anything else you want to mention and what does the future of educational technology look like? Yeah, great questions. I think my answer to both will be a bit similar. You know, one thing I want schools to know is there is this, it's called MTSS, um, this tiered network or in higher ed, a lot of times I call it this step model of care where there are different levels of support that uh, schools are recommended to provide as far as mental health care. I think in general within the schools and in healthcare, we focused on those tier two or tier three support. So really clinical care, crisis care, absolutely, absolutely needed. But I think just keeping in mind that these things are high cost, waiting until a student is in crisis, is in depressed, suicidal, that's not best practice. So a lot of times schools ask me, you know, how do these tier one services like NEOTH work? How would we implement something that's around stigma reduction, mental health education, prevention? And I think it's a fantastic way to come in and implement it with your entire student body because every yeah. student has mental health, every student has stress, needs to learn coping skills, and it's an opportunity to, to meet them before these real kind of crises come about or escalate. So, yeah. you know, in addition to thinking about those tier two and tier three supports, I would really strongly encourage schools to think about tier one supports. The Surgeon General has been out there advocating for this preventative tier one school-based resources. So if you're asking me, you know, what is the future of ed tech? I think that, really focusing on this area that people are calling EdTech Plus, which is not just about students and GPAs and learning, which is all really important, but also thinking about the holistic health of students. And as we've seen these past couple of years, mental health is a very key component into students being able to thrive personally and academically. Absolutely. And so well said, and, and you answered both questions with, you did it so eloquently. Um, and I just want to say that I think as a younger student, and I just remember, I have a core memory of not understanding what anxiety was 
And I was able to identify it as an adult because I understood better what it was. So when I was a teenager, I didn't understand what anxiety was. I didn't understand what depression was. And I think that that's, you know, if that was taught in school, I did take psychology in high school, but I don't really think the, the mental health stuff, you know, back in the nineties, I don't want to say how old I am. Um, nineties, early two thousands, you just don't recognize what it is. And it's, it's sad that you have to be a little bit older to kind to kind of understand and cope, but we know that there's, there's interventions that take place that can prevent things like suicide and, you know, people, you know, thinking terrible things about themselves or hurting somebody else. Um, we, we just want to make sure that that's happening. And I just want to say thank you to you and your team and coming up with this amazing technology and to share it with the education world and beyond. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This has been such a fun talk. It really went by quickly, but yeah, absolutely. It's it's so important to have this. I'm with you on when I went to school, when I was in school, the types of things we talked about or didn't talk about. And yeah, I think I think we can really change the narrative for the future generations, for our kids, and just give them the support that they need so we can uh, avoid a lot of the heartbreak and things that we've been seeing over the past couple of years. Yeah, for sure. So thank you, Catherine, so much for coming on the show. You're going to find all the information about Neoth and Catherine, where to connect with her in the show notes. And that's another episode of Ed Up Ed Tech. You've been listening to another episode of Ed Up Ed Tech with your host, Holly Owens. You can follow Holly on LinkedIn. You can also visit her website at jollyholly.me to find out more about what she's up to. Please head to Apple or wherever you download your podcast content and leave us a rating, review, and please subscribe to be notified of future episodes. This has been another incredible episode of Ed Up Ed Tech with your host, Holly Owens.